0: hey don hello zach and happy new year to you don oh happy new year to you new year's resolutions uh not too many hopefully still avoid covid and get a vaccine those are my goals i don't
1: do new year's resolutions but i'm supportive of those who have and yes i want a vaccine as well
0: i just did see something though where somebody said that people that do achieve their new year's resolutions are no happier than people that didn't even try
1: Yes, I have a whole rant on this and people at the gym, although gyms are a bit of a memory at this point, with all their nice workout gear that don't last
0: through the end of January.
1: Yeah, I, I don't do New Year's resolutions. I try to do the right thing every day and
0: sometimes succeed and sometimes fail. But at least for a couple of weeks, some people feel like they're trying, right? That matters. Yeah,
1: I'd be more impressed if they did it the whole the time.
0: Those are called habits, I think. <laughs> this week, we discovered this article about light and dark personalities. It was really interesting. It was from psych.co. Basically, they just started talking about how nice people, do they finish first or do they finish last? And here's the best paragraph I read. They said, experimental studies support the idea of a successful dark personality, but only up to a point. One study found that people with psychopathic personality traits win more points on a negotiation task where they are required to compete with a partner, but fewer points on a task that involves cooperation. Those with darker traits are more likely to defect in the classic prisoner's dilemma task, an approach that means maximizing your own outcome while duping the other participant. But in their success in the real world is questionable. In corporate settings, those with dark personality traits are slightly more likely to emerge as leaders and are seen as charismatic, but when it comes to getting the job done, they tend to achieve less and are considered poor team players. Our recent study also found that political figures with dark personality traits are more likely to get elected and hold their positions, but other studies show that they are more poorer at getting legislation passed. Hedge fund managers with these traits generally obtain significantly lower financial returns on the investment funds they manage. Overall, individuals with dark traits engage in more counterproductive work Behavior such as theft and abusive supervision. Perhaps unsurprisingly, they don't end up with higher average incomes than their peers with light personalities. And Don, this article just goes on to kind of summarize people with dark and light personalities and whether or not they're successful. It seems very mixed in terms of who is the most successful. What did you think about the article?
1: I was really. Kind of surprised that the mixed results of the data, it reminded me a lot of a book I read years ago called What Would Machiavelli Do? Nikolai Machiavelli being the author and philosopher who wrote advice to the prince of Florence about how to rule and famously said it's better to be feared than it is to be loved. But it turns out that that's not the case, it seems, in most situations.
0: Right. And I guess I've never really thought much about this topic. I do think that I walk around the world like you do and I meet a lot of different people and some people I think you could probably classify as dark personality people and other people's light personality. Sometimes you just think of people as just jerks. They're just not very nice, right? And sometimes those people are in positions of power and sometimes they're not either. There's a lot of nice people that are in positions of power. I've never really thought about what does it take to get there though? And does personality matter? Usually we always think of intelligence as a reason why people are successful or not and yet personality seems to be a big part of it.
1: Yeah. And ambition. I think that's the biggest factor that determines where people are. I mean, you and I, had we had the ambition to become administrators, I'm sure we could be administrator at some school district or another, but neither of us really have the ambition to do so. Now, ambition can be good, but could it also be bad? Is this part of it? Do you have to be negative to have ambition or is it just, that's an entirely separate thing?
0: That's a good question. And they don't talk about ambition at all cuz people that get high in life tend to be people that you're right, have ambitious. They want more for themselves. It seems like that kind of goes a little bit with people with dark personalities in terms of they want more. However, it does seem like people with light personalities can have ambition. Maybe it's about how do you go about accomplish your goals? That seems to be what it talks a lot about and it seems like people with dark personalities are able to play the game. As you said, Machiavelli sort of keep your friends close, but your enemies even closer to get to the top. But it sounds like once they get to the top, they sort of struggle at actually doing much with their position of power.
1: Yeah. And I want to be clear. I'm not saying that administrators are bad or dark. It's just that ambition is what drives some people to get places. I don't know if that means if they're light or dark, but certainly the dark people there are less successful because they're not building a community. They're all about themselves and their own uh, advancing. But that said, it's hard to advance that way. And more and more in all fields around the world, community and working on a team is the norm. And teams that are diverse, teams that are inclusive are more successful, both at Google, Facebook, and every other
0: facet. And that's a really good point. It seems like nowadays working in groups, teamwork, is more important than ever in order to achieve an objective, especially when you've got such complex tasks or complex projects and you need lots of different people coming at the same project from a different angle, but then also trying to build consensus. That all seems like you need lighter personality, I think, although somebody still has to lead that group. And therefore, is it possible that somebody with a dark personality would maybe be the best sort of leader? I was thinking about Steve Jobs and, of course, Obviously, he never took this quiz, or maybe he did. I don't know his results. But after reading his biography, it seems like he was somebody that had a lot of dark personality traits there. It seemed like he was somebody that was not afraid to you know, start dropping a bunch of F-bombs in somebody's face if he was unhappy with what they were doing. It seemed like he had no problem humiliating people, but he also was very brilliant and got all the way to the top of Apple because he founded the company. He came back and he got all the way to the top, and he also released a bunch of world beating products along the way. And therefore, I couldn't quite figure out like, well, what does that mean? He was obviously super successful, but it seemed like a lot of people did not like him personally. And therefore, where do you classify him? And does he even matter in this sort of an example?
1: I read the book as well. And it does take you to an interesting spot in that he was driving people to the very end. The guy that wrote the software to the Macintosh, for the most part, he had a mental breakdown and never worked again afterwards because he was driven so hard. They had weeks worth of work before the launch. In six days, they did weeks worth of work. That's an incredible manager, but he was driving people through fear and intimidation. I I just don't think that's a successful long run ploy. And he burned through people. Maybe that's dark. Maybe it's just also he has a tremendous insight into what drives people. So I don't necessarily think it's dark if he can say, all right, I know what this person needs to hear. That's just good coaching, right? Because if you're coaching a team, you know that not everybody's motivated the same way and that you want to motivate different people in different
0: ways. And that's a good point. However, the one thing I was just thinking about is Steve Jobs seemed to know how to drive people all the way to their breaking point. He would get the best out of them and they might leave. And then he would maybe, his model was more, I'm just going to go find somebody else to do the next job, right? You read about Amazon culture, for instance, and people talk about the relentless drive of perfection and how people are burned out after two or three or four years. A lot of them, when they leave, have given interviews and said it was maybe the most productive, exhilarating, intense period of my work life. I still have like almost some post traumatic stress from the whole thing. But man, I never knew I could do what I could do out of there. And therefore, is it partly that Dark personality people aren't looking for long-term relationships. They're looking for the short-term, right? They want to get the best, and then they're ready to move on. They're not going to be emotional about what you did in the past. They're going to look for somebody else to do what's best in the future.
1: Yeah, that's true. Now, also, the article says that these people drive hard. They're likely to get to management, but they're not likely to move to upper management. And they don't see tremendous performance as they get up and up. You know, the hedge fund manager ones is interesting. They're likely to be fo- chosen as hedge fund managers. But they're not likely to be really successful. And in that position, it seems like it's somebody you need more like Warren Buffett, who is trusting in people, who is- gives people liberty and time to work on their own, and also asks them to work hard for the company. But he doesn't drive them to the breaking point. That's not who he is, even if he does drive himself to the breaking point, living and dying by annual reports and ignoring his family.
0: Well, and that's a good point. The thing I was struggling with is what exactly does it mean to have a dark personality? The the best way that the article sort of kind of describes it, and I wish they would go more details. They just said people that have narcissism, psychopathy, and Machiavellianism. And that could be lot of different people those are probably maybe some descriptions of maybe you and i in some aspects of our own life and i was thinking about warren buffett i wrote his name down and i thought about him and elon musk and bezos and michael jordan and coach k at duke and bobby knight and all of those people obviously very successful in life but you read biographies or you read articles about these people and all of them also sort of get described as like an assassin The killer, right? Ready to step on somebody's throat if it allows them to win. Never let up. All of these kind of sports cliches also seem to go on these people as they're looking at the bottom line and the bottom line is their next step forward, I guess. And it just seemed interesting for dark personality people. I wish that I could think of light personality people because I think there are a lot of light personality people in my life. And yet the ones that we seem to celebrate in society seem to be these sorts of people, right? People that we kind of admire and fear and wonder. There's a mysteriousness about them almost.
1: Yeah, and the I think the idea that they make an incredible performance out of substandard parts. And that's the idea of Bob Knight, you know, he was a great coach who could take a bunch of fairly meagerly talented people and turn them into a national championship team through intimidation and anger. And I don't know it has to be intimidation and anger. I'm thinking very much of two different cross country coaches who I don't won't name but they're both in Michigan. And one is kind and gentle and supports kids and has kids make their own decisions about what to do and how to do things. And this coach has had many kids that have done really well in college and post-college cross-country and running. Whereas there's a different coach who has a tremendous amount of success at high school, but his runners rarely do well after high school. And I can't quite figure out why that is. Maybe the coach B that gets the most out of them in high school is one that is doing a great job because they're extracting every little bit out of that kid while they're in high school. But in the long run, those kids don't perform better on the secondary level for the most part. I just don't quite understand how this aspect of leadership is. And I don't know if it's dark or light or if it's just draining people of all they have. Maybe that's what Jeff Bezos is doing. He's just getting everything out of these people by hook or crook.
0: Empathy. Seem to be one thing that they talked about in the article as a major difference between light and dark personalities is your ability to feel or at least understand how another person is feeling. I think you could say sometimes empathy can prevent you from getting to your goals. And you could say those dark personality people they just don't care about somebody's feelings or what they might be thinking because they are just so single-minded pursuit, right? Just so driven to get to the end. But I do think it's interesting about when you are at the top, how all of a sudden, maybe you do need more empathy in order to get the people below you to actually march in a certain direction in a certain way so that you can achieve your goals. And we think about a lot of politicians in our own society, and a lot of them are very good at getting elected, right? They'll say anything. They'll do anything to get elected. But you kind of then see how hard it is to actually lead at the top Because you need consensus. You need other people around you to believe in what you're supporting and doing. And that becomes much harder.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And if you look worldwide at different leaders that have risen up through intimidation, through very dark tactics, they've gotten power. And in some cases, like Stalin, they've kept power for a long time, but they've not resided over blossoming economies with great intellectual property and fantastic achievements They are just taking power and controlling power. And that's what we see of your North Korea, of your Russia, of your, well, Russia again and again and again. It's just, you know, people that are taking control and keeping control, but their intellectual and accomplishments are not that impressive.
0: And you could say, you know, you can rule by fear and it can take you to a certain level. But in order to sort of leverage all of your resources and get everybody marching to the same beat, you might need to be a different sort of leader. And you're right. As you said, coaches, the good ones, seem to know exactly which buttons to push for each of their different players. And they might be very different sorts of buttons. Kind of made me think about the the story back in the uh, early 80s or late 70s when Larry Bird went to Indiana. And Bobby Knight, he regrets it to this day, treated Larry Bird like he treats all freshmen. And he just basically ignored him, yelled at him. Not realizing that Larry Bird was kind of a sensitive guy and needed to be coached in a different sort of way. And Larry Bird just kind of transferred, right? And you kind of, you could see where that's a major regret of, well, I should have treated this person in a way that they need to be treated. But this also kind of made me think about that famous scene in A Few Good Men at the very end in the courtroom where Jack Nicholson is just screaming at Tom Cruise and he he gives him that you need me on the wall. You want me on this wall. We do things on this wall that you don't even want to know about. And it kind of made me wonder, don't we need people with dark personalities, though? Like, could this world run if we just had everybody have a light personality?
1: Well, ultimately, people have to do the jobs that don't want to be done. and are hard and terrible. And we could try to consensus to use that to build people. But I think those in the military who are better people than you or I that volunteered their life for our country could talk at length about, why it is that you need that type of obedience and conformity in order to do something that is very hard to do and very dangerous. Perhaps you don't have time for consensus building as the battle is taking place, and you just have to obey. That's why in the Revolutionary War and the Civil War, the officers marched behind the, rode their horses behind the troops to shoot them if they ran. So you either face the enemy or get shot yourself. There's no time for consensus building there, is there?
0: No. And yet our society through popular culture, I was thinking about like Star Wars, right? The light and the dark. I was thinking about the Lord of the Rings and thinking about how we have this popular romantic imagination that we need to get rid of the dark. We need to get rid of the evildoers out there, right? And if we just had good people, then everything would be better. But as you were just saying, it seems like we need a healthy mix of people with dark personalities. Am I wrong?
1: No, I would agree with you that we do need a different mix of people. You also need leaders and followers. Not everybody can be a leader. I mean, I've been in situations where I've been a leader, but I've also been situations where I realize I'm not the leader. There's somebody else leading, and I'm happy to fall in line of a good leader. And so you can't have everybody be a leader. You can't have everybody be dark. You got to have people that are pulling everything together. This is why diverse teams do better. The great struggle in the industry of technology is to build teams that are diverse, because teams work better at Google, because Google did the research, if there are men and women on it, if there are people of different backgrounds and different races and different sexual identity But it's so hard to find people that want to be in this culture that are these things that are not the normal. And as a result, they struggle to find people, but they can't because people don't want to be in those situations. It's really, really interesting. And I think you're right. You do need dark and light and people that
0: are very different to make a successful team. I like the idea of talking about teamwork, the mix. I mean, I feel like You and I have spent many hours of our lives sitting through a professional development where we have to figure out what animal we are or what color we are. And then we have to go sit at the table with the other different animals that will work best with us. And then we have to sit the same color people or different colors that all mesh to make the best prism or something like that. And then we all kind of sit around and say, oh, okay, I guess this is a dynamic team. And then usually the professional development ends and then we never go back to actually working with those groups of people again. But I guess that kind of makes sense for why do people spend so much time thinking about the types of personalities that get along. Do you think that a a dynamic group of lights and darks is more effective than just a group of people that naturally get along together or just naturally um, work well together? Or do you think people naturally pair up with a certain amount of light and dark people naturally because it helps, it makes the vibe good, right? It makes a good a group of people just to kind of hang out with.
1: Yeah, I think you're right that people do naturally go to those that are similar to them or those that are maybe have the same temperament as them. But that necessarily doesn't mean that that's the people they work most closely with. The people that I work most closely with is not necessarily the people I'm likely to seek out to eat lunch with. Now, I want to go back to what you said about the staff development. Yeah, you get together with the groups and you sit down, you find everybody's color. Why doesn't administration then say, all right, now we're going to reorganize who's teaching what, where, and with whom, because we now know what our optimal team is?
0: That's a great question. We spend a lot of time figuring out kind of who might be good at something, but then we rarely ever do anything with that information. Wouldn't that be a dark personality move and saying, look, everybody, I just found out that you're turquoise and now the turquoise people are going to be doing this. Wouldn't that be a great move?
1: Or better yet, say these are your blue, your turquoise, your red. We need one of each of you in a group. So although you've been teaching sixth grade, you're now teaching eighth grade. And you three are and you was were teaching seventh, now you're teaching eighth. And well, you were an eighth before, but you're sticking in an eighth and teaching a different subject. And now we're gonna organize it based on that. How committed are we to really getting a team that is diverse and effective? I don't think we're that committed. I think we look at person by person. Now, that said, at Google, where they are looking at this, they have the payroll to have somebody that's in charge of just this and think about how to make teams work. And it's probably many people and finding the best teams. We don't have that kind of, uh, of payroll here at the in the education world. But what if we did? What if we were organized by this
0: way? Yeah. And, and a part of me wonders you know, it seems like psychology all the time is coming out with new studies about things like personalities or about behaviors. We seem to be able to sort of prove that certain things make people tick and and this kind of helps explain why the world works. And yet rarely do we actually see organizations or institutions kind of put their money where their mouth is, right? We, again, we, we're obsessed with finding out what color or animal you are, but then we don't actually put it into action, right? We don't actually try to make our institutions better. That whole thing made me wonder, do you think schools would be better off if we made all students take a personality test to find out if they were lighter or darker, not to try to make them more dark or more light based upon their responses, but instead to help us maybe gain some empathy for the kid. Okay, this is their personality. We should maybe be trying to educate them this way. We should try to group them with these kids. Maybe we would help explain or, you know, help them achieve their goals or help them find interest if we knew what their personality was. Do you think that's a good idea?
1: Yeah, and the district you and I work in has taken steps that way. Now we have on our uh, software that tracks students have a learning styles place. I remember arguing for this many, many years ago so that we could look up and find more about this student so that we could then engage them better and get more successful outcomes. Yeah, that, that could work. But of course, what stands in way is the logistics. It's always the logistics. And so it's just I have 120 students at a time at the high school where I teach that's a lot of kids, and going through all those is, takes a lot of time, especially when I get new groups of kids every 10 weeks, as I do. So it doesn't really work. But logistics rules everything. Yes, that would be better. Why don't schools start high schools start later in the morning? All the data says that, and has shown forever, that schools, the high schools that start later have students that do better. Lower dropout rates, more success, better grades, more people going to college. However, high schools always start earliest. Everywhere because it's the logistics of the busing. Logistics take precedence, and the costs of buying more buses takes precedence. We just don't have the luxury that Google has with all the extra money.
0: You're right. I mean, the same thing, add on year round schools, right? We know that that is probably a better way for students to learn. And yet we don't pursue those sorts of goals. And you're right. If you look a kid up and if you saw a little uh, circle of black or a circle of white or some shade of gray, I'm not sure if that would help you in your day to day job. But it does seem like there's some information there that we could learn. And maybe it at least helps us understand somebody better. It might help us understand other adults better. If we just looked up each other and said, oh, there's their circle color. And and I guess that maybe helps explain why they're doing what they're doing. Right. You know, I, I looked at the quiz and I'll put this quiz in our show notes and stuff like that. I think you took it and I took it. I came out slightly dark and I've always thought I'm a nice person, but apparently I've got, you know, Darth Vader, like tendencies and stuff like that. But the kind of questions they ask you are things like, I tend to see the best in people. And then do you strongly disagree, disagree, neutral, agree, or strongly agree with that? The other questions are like, I tend to admire others. I prefer honesty over charm. I tend to manipulate others to get my way. I tend to lack remorse. And there's just questions like that about maybe how do you see yourself? And a lot of it is your ability to be able to self-reflect. I'm also very curious about how honest people are when they answer these sorts of surveys and stuff like that. Obviously, they're anonymous, but people can definitely kind of lie or they might think of themselves differently. But I just found it interesting that I came out slightly dark. Did you take the quiz and uh, where did you come out?
1: I came out slightly light, and I had my family do it as well, and they all had similar responses, slightly light. I think it's also about your background. I was listening to a podcast yesterday on The Armchair Expert, and they're interviewing 50 Cent, who is a rapper, and actor, whose parents, his father was killed before around the time he was born, his mother was killed around the time he was eight. He grew up in a pretty rough, rough situation, and he doesn't trust people. He's not very trusting of people because of his background. He doesn't think things people are out for the best in him. And as a result, that's going to change his color perspective or his lightness and darkness in that he's not likely to trust people. He's not likely to think people are basically good because all these things have happened to him. So it's my slight lightness is a product of my blessed history of having loving parents and growing up in a community that was fairly trusting and kind. And it's been an easy life for me for many, many, many ways. And so that's a product of that too. So in a sense, the light and dark isn't just a fairly innocuous test. It's also a test of your history and what kind of childhood you had.
0: That's a great point. That's that nurture versus nature uh, debate. And I do wonder how much that comes into play with it, right? Well, where did you come from? And if you had people that were constantly deceitful, you didn't feel like you had a kind of pillar of hope or somebody that you could kind of lean on when you had problems, that could totally make you light or dark or really shape what you come up with. And also, though, that background might also be the reason why you found success or didn't find success later on in your life. That's a really good point. And so I it almost to me though, makes this whole thing then say, well. Who cares then if you're, if you're light or dark? Should we really just be listening to people's biographies a little more? Should we really be thinking about where people came from and what kind of perspective they might have? And maybe that really trumps whether or not they're light or dark.
1: Absolutely. And I think we could go a little deeper. Malcolm Gladwell did a great podcast about Rick Barry. And recently he was on the Bill Simmons podcast talking about Rick Barry. And Rick Barry was a fantastic basketball player, one of the best players ever. But he's totally disagreeable. And Malcolm Gladwell takes a dive in his revisionist history podcast into what does it mean to be disagreeable? That's one of the big five personality traits. And he doesn't care what anybody thinks of him. And he doesn't want people to be, he doesn't need to be nice to people. He'll tell people exactly what he thinks, which makes him kind of a jerk. And people don't want to hang out with him, but it also made him a great player because he didn't care what anybody thought. He shot his bas- his uh, free throws underhanded granny style. And he was one of the best free throw shooters ever and nobody else will do it. Not Shaq, not uh, Wilt Chamberlain, who would have profited tremendously from that, but instead, they shoot normally because they don't want to be laughed at. Well, Rick Barry doesn't care because he's very disagreeable. So he'll do whatever he wants, and he doesn't care if people make fun of him. And if we go into the big five personality traits, I think we'd learn even more about people.
0: In fact, I I like that you brought up Rick Barry and just a guy that did not care. Now, it's hard for me to say if that makes you a dark personality or not. It seems like that would lean dark. And is that what makes people like Steve Jobs and Bezos and Musk and all these other guys so successful is they just don't care what other people are thinking. And again, they might lack empathy skills. At the same time, they've reached a pretty high level of success And I think that's really interesting. I think there's there's cause for maybe just more study on that sort of stuff. Because if we're always in society looking for what's going to get you to the top, right? We always talk about hard work and perseverance. And we also always expect that society is going to treat you fairly and that society is this just wonderful place. But we all know that society itself is kind of a dark, murky, mysterious place. We're getting to the top. There is not exactly an easy, straight path. And yet, does it take people with a dark personality to kind of navigate all that to get to the top?
1: Yeah, well, also we could dive into if you're more disagreeable, you're likely to look at the status quo in a different way. You don't feel the need to be constrained by norms. So all these people you're talking about were people that challenge the status quo. Bezos said, all right, well, I'm going to sell direct through the internet and all these other internet companies are going to fail, but I'm not. And I'm going to go right into each industry and I'm going to take over companies that I can. I'm going to put profit and growth as my number one strategy. And it's very disagreeable. And I'm sure he drove people crazy as he upset many, many, many industries and destroyed small businesses and towns. Same thing with jobs. Like, okay, well, Sony owns personal music okay, whatever, we're going to make a personal music player and it's going to be different. Everybody at Apple thought many of his ideas were terrible. When he came up with the iPad, people thought it was an awful idea. And he looked at the board of directors and he said, F off to each one of these guys and girls and went and did it. And it was a tremendous success. It was He was right. But it's because he's willing to disagree with people that's led him to the innovative thoughts. And you could say the exact same thing with Musk.
0: So therefore, if somebody does come out dark or slightly dark on this quiz, should we not immediately think of it as bad? I feel like whenever we hear things like the dark, clearly we're thinking about like Vader, right? And we're thinking about this evil personality that just wanted to bring evil to the world. And yet, is it possible we should be thinking about it differently? Because maybe it's not a bad thing. Everything you just talked about seemed like progress, seemed like bringing change to a world that needs change. And therefore, do you think it's even like fair to say, if you're light, you're a good guy. And if you're dark, you're a bad guy. Or do we just say, that's just your personality. It doesn't say anything about you as a person.
1: Yeah. And I think it tells you the way in which you interpret the world. That doesn't necessarily mean your actions. I don't think you and I take tremendously different actions in, in situations based upon are you're slightly dark, I'm slightly light. I think in most situations, we'd respond in very similar fashion. We might interpret in our heads a little bit differently, but it does not really change our actions.
0: They said that, well, wouldn't a good mix then be the best to be? They said that 40% of the people in this study show a mix of both light and dark characteristics. And you'd think that's best, but then they said that Those people still reported lower levels of life satisfaction or a less positive self-image. And, you know, again, Don, I came out slightly dark. I, I feel pretty happy with life. I feel pretty good. I don't feel those things. At the same time, maybe I just come off as a callous jerk to a lot of people that I don't even know, or I'm just not even aware of that sort of stuff. Is that possible?
1: Yeah, well, there's the psychological concept of the fundamental attribution error. We always seem to attribute people's behaviors to the person and the personality, when in actuality, it's the situation. I'm a very different person in different situations. In the classroom, I'm very different from where I, the way I am at home or with my friends. And I think there are certainly people, maybe those listening, who think you and I are both terrible jerks and manipulative and mean. And there are other people that think we are probably kind and generous. And we probably change tremendously based on the situation we're in or the input we're dealing with. So it's hard to just say, it's a vacuum. Year's always light. He's always dark. It's really pending what input you're dealing with.
0: There was an article in The Atlantic a few years ago about leaders and how leaders that get into big institutions that manage some people, they tend to, again, show these sort of dark personalities to get to the top or to find a way to get into the position of leadership. But then they found that those leaders became maybe not very popular with the leaders that were on their same kind of level of power or the people above them, but they became sometimes very popular with the people they led. And they became very popular based upon whether or not they could bring home the bacon or bring home resources to their people. If they were out there and seen as fighting for their department, fighting for their group to get what their group needed, they were really popular among those people, but not very popular among the other people that were like them. And I found that sort of interesting because it kind of reminded me of tribalism, right? Is it possible that you could have a dark leader that people like if they're being directly led by them, that is not liked by other people, or maybe they're not seen in the same light.
1: Oh, absolutely. And that gets to in-group and out-group. And if you're in the in-group, you're going to support the people that are leading your in-group because you have the benefits and you profit from their decision-making and you may ostracize the out-group. And certainly that's true in politics
0: right now. Do you think then that you could be light, but really like the dark? Oh,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. I think dark people might be really, really funny and really, really interesting. And being with them would be a wild ride as they roll through things. And I think that can be very fun and entertaining.
0: This whole idea, I guess I never really thought about it too much. And again, I keep, I kept thinking of just sort of Star Wars. And I just kept thinking of, you know, Darth Vader was a light guy growing up. If you saw the first, the prequels. And then all of a sudden we learn and find out that wife dies and he ends up falling into a river of lava and burns up most of his body. And that kind of seems to send him into a dark spiral for a while there. And then at the very end, he becomes the good guy again as he throws the emperor down some well or something like that to try to save his son, Luke. And we saw it like this whole evolution, this whole like, you know, kind of change. And the one thing that I found interesting about this article was that. None of this stuff means that you have to stay where you are. The The authors of this article are big on personal growth and that if people want to change, they can change. And therefore, you might show up light or dark today, but that doesn't mean that 10 years from now, you will just be light or dark. And did you like that idea, Don? Do you believe in the idea of growth, that people can change those sort of things?
1: I do believe people can change and grow. I'm sure their results change based upon their situation. Certainly, it's winter here in Michigan. It's dark all the time, and we're in the middle of a pandemic. I think people respond differently now than they will in the future. However, I will disagree with you on your Star Wars analogy. We've watched The Mandalorian recently, we've watched, and I've watched all the Star Wars films all recently. And the idea that the problem with Anakin Skywalker, who became Darth Vader, was that he was too emotional. His emotions were both happy with his joy with his mate and filled with rage when he was angry. That's why Jedi were not allowed to marry because their emotions get too powerful. And that's why Baby Yoda couldn't be mentored by this one Jedi in the Mandalorian because he had too strong of emotions, too strong of ties. And these strong ties led to strong emotions in good and in evil. And you couldn't have this Jedi power if you were too emotional which gets these back to this light and dark thing. Like, okay, well, what if you're dark and just kind of unmotivated, passive type person, as opposed to what if you are light and full of energy and exuberance? And it has to do not only with what emotion you feel, but also the amplitude with which you feel it.
0: Yeah, I didn't think about the idea of the emotions behind all of that stuff and how that can really maybe drive whether you're light or wrong, or does it really come down to your ability to control your emotions? Right. And is that really the best predictor of success in this world is to know thyself and then to be able to control yourself. Maybe, you know, you've got a bad temper. That's an interesting point you make about Darth Vader is that maybe his inability to control himself is what, you know, ended up bringing his downfall, but then eventually he became light. And I guess it kind of brings me back to the idea of growth and do you think that's why maybe we should be giving kids these personality tests in school? So then therefore, we could start to work with them and work with them on changing or work with them on controlling their emotions. Would that you know, make anything better in, in the schooling system?
1: I remember years ago when I was doing psychology in the desert, there was a hard and fast rule that you could not give students personality tests because the community viewed it as manipulating them. Maybe I'd turn them to be something they are not, whether that be something that society approves of or not. I think there'd be a lot of resistance to this and people being really taught to based on their personality. Although I would appreciate it as a parent that people realize that my children are very different. They look similar, but they're very different people. And I'd like them to be taught differently. I don't know if the broad scale community would be for it though.
0: Do you think this is sort of the new grit <laughs> 10 years ago, everybody wanted to talk about grit and whether or not your child had grit or if you yourself had enough grit. And there was a very simple test you could take to figure out what your level of grit was. We learned that the armed services had all of their soldiers taking grit tests to figure out who was going to make it. And there seemed to be some interesting correlations there. I've not heard a lot about grit in the last five years. I think it's kind of gone. But I just wonder: do you think light and dark personality is going to be the new grit for the next five years until we move on from that?
1: I don't think so. I think we're stuck on grit in many ways. Uh, I think the people with grit are doing really, really well. They're resilient and determined and doing exceptionally probably well in our online learning environment where there are challenges that throws people off. Angela Duckworth's book is super interesting, and her personal story is also really, really interesting. She's the person that came up with grit, a Harvard professor, I believe. Yeah, it, it is interesting. The thing with grit that drives me nuts is at a high school level, we have a program to let's just throw some grit on these kids. Like These kids that have had very diverse upbringings with very, some great outcomes, some very terrible events happen in children, and now let's throw some grit on them, just like it's throwing a t-shirt on them that says grit, and therefore, now they're going to be determined. Now they're going to be resilient. Their whole childhood had nothing to do with what we're going to do right now. It seems a little far-fetched to me.
0: And you're making a great point, grit and again, light, dark, all of these things are these softer skills, very difficult to measure. Although it seemed like schools were all of a sudden very willing to buy a new grit making program to say that they were doing it because it was kind of the cool buzzword. But I guess my thing is, is schools, right? You and I talk often about how schools are always at the center of everybody just not liking them. They're always angry about whatever schools are doing or not doing. Do you think though, starting to teach or starting to promote or starting to openly talk about these sorts of soft skills are exactly the sort of change that schools should be making. We should be starting to think more about this sort of data. We should be thinking about what our populations of kids are rating on these sorts of personality quizzes, because maybe schools should just be a little different. Maybe we should be focusing on these sorts of things in terms of just a long, honest conversation about examples of, of these things, about how it might may or may not impact your life. But this to me seems like the sort of change that some people want schools to make and other people don't. But it also just seems like, here it is, here's more information out there that we're probably going to be choosing to ignore.
1: Well, yeah, and certainly we could take a hard look at the people that are struggling in our schools and say, how can we help these people? And maybe by finding out if they're light or dark or how they score in the big five personality traits, then they'll be, we'll be more able to help them. Yeah, we should be looking into this. Perhaps it gives us a better understanding of what's going wrong. You know, when an athlete gets hurt on the field, then doctors and coaches will look at why they got hurt. Turns out Steph Curry had really bad ankles because he was running wrong and jumping wrong. And he needs special orthotics and special shoes. And once he did that and changed the way he ran, he could play basketball for a really long time. And he's really, really, really good. But it was after they figured out what was causing the ankle injuries. Well, shouldn't we be able to figure out what's going on with our students that are perpetually failing and struggling and provide them what they need. Maybe the light and dark test or personality test will help us out more. Certainly there's not as much online in terms of financially as there is a Steph Curry, but for that kid, it's everything and their kid's future.
0: Well, and I think probably the hardest part is, okay, let's pretend that we learned that this kid has little grit and they're really dark. I think the bigger question is, what are we supposed to do now, right? Are we actually set up as an institution to start to work with this kid? Because I think that would be the the bigger problem, right? Is did we actually want to know these things? Because now all of a sudden the treatment or the education program for that individual is just so outside of the institution that we work with, right? We all of a sudden, maybe it doesn't look like a six period day for this student with six different teachers. And maybe we're not all of a sudden learning about US history because we've got some other issues we got to work on. I don't know if we're set up to actually help that student.
1: Well, we're not, although probably all kids should be taught in this way, but we're not set up to do that financially. But that said, I think it would be worth it for those kids that are really struggling. Those kids that need the help of the social worker, of the counselor, of the learning specialist that may be following them all day. Maybe our time's better spent if we just work on this student and figure out how it is that we can help them because what's going on with that person?
0: Well, and that was really what was interesting about the article was it it did say multiple times about collaboration and personal connection with people is so important, right? And some people are better at working with people than others. But the idea that it's also a skill that can improve for some if they work at it. I don't know if we even talk about that enough. Usually, you and I in a classroom, if we're trying to do group work, which has been really minimized nowadays, where we're trying to figure out what kids can do on their own, usually we're just trying to get it so that the kids like aren't going to complain to us about who's in their group. And we're just trying to get the project started because we're all, we've already lost 10 or 15 minutes of class time just trying to make the group's. But it does make me wonder if that's also part of the educational discussion, right, is about working with people and about what it's like and about kind of knowing your role, knowing your strength and your weakness. But that's a really long conversation. It's not one that can just happen in seven or eight minutes, but you and I need it to happen in seven or eight minutes because we have to start.
1: Yeah, and I know teachers that have started with the uh, their class with the colors thing about what color people are and helping people figure out how they work and then they group based upon that. They're better teachers than I because I'm just trying to get things moving, like you said. So yeah, that time is worth it, especially if you're going to invest six months, a year in the same group of kids. Like I said, I'm going with new groups every 10 weeks. I don't put that much time into it, but maybe I should.
0: At the same time, I think trying to talk to teens about how their color pattern along with another kid and why they're going to work really well together, even though both kids have already sat down and decided I'm not working well with that kid. That seems also really difficult. And again, it just seems like one of those things that's it's a lifelong or a year-long conversation, something we just don't have time for. But I do think it's interesting as you and I kind of talk about schools and what should we or should we not be doing. We are definitely not doing these things But yet a lot of people we work with, we talk about these things sort of tangentially, or we talk about them on the outside. We talk about personality or grid or light or dark. And I do think it's an important thing. It seems like it's something that we always keep talking about, about why it influences the outcomes that we see. But we don't actually want to to seem to want to grasp it, embrace it, and then figure out how could it work. It just kind of remains on the outside because I think it's safer out there. Because if we brought it in, again, I'm not sure we'd know what to do with it. Well,
1: and absolutely. And also people don't like change. And so if we use this data to make lots of changes, they're going to affect who you work with, where you work, where your room is, what you teach, then that's going to throw things off. Just like the high school kid probably doesn't want to meet with this kid that's from a different neighborhood that they don't know that might dress weird or whatever. It's hard. And as the kids, it's opposite problems really, because the kids are fluid and changing and developing. I know I didn't know anything about myself when I was 17, 18 years old, but they're kind of not sure where they fit. And this would be telling them where they fit. And they may or may not want to hear that. At the same time, you and I are, well, I'm 44, you're nearly 40. We know exactly where we fit and where we're happy and what we want to do. And if somebody comes in and says, well, this data says you have to do something entirely different than what you're currently doing. I don't think we'd really like the change because we've got our system down. The change might be better in the long run, but in the short run, we're thinking, how do I get everything done? How do I get ready to go home? How do I get my stuff to, lined up so I'm ready tomorrow off to do the next thing, the next job, the coaching, whatever.
0: And that makes me wonder then, are we sure this isn't just junk science that you and I read? I mean, this article was very interesting. You and I, again, it was interesting enough that we went and took this this quiz and stuff like that. But I just started wondering, like, is this just all like Just a couple of researchers, sort of like project to try to explain the world, and yet it doesn't really matter. Who knows if any of this stuff actually exists? It's just how a couple of people want to see the world to try to categorize some people, put some different color hats on people. You know, years ago, people used to think that alcoholism was just a moral failing, right? Instead of just recognizing that that it was a disease. I don't know. I feel like sometimes we get to a point where we just want to like put data and ideas to something that ultimately... Eh, I don't know. Sure, all of this fits, but at the same time, does it really matter? It's a
1: good question. And autism was the mother's fault and so many things. Yeah, I don't know if it matters. I think it feels like it matters more if we call it behavioral economics instead of psychology or cognitive psychology matters more than social psychology. It's all the same thing. I think it does matter at sub level. I just don't know if it's actionable.
0: I mean, I don't know. Like, just Why is that guy a jerk? And, oh, he's dark, right? He he says that he does not tend to lack remorse. So I guess that explains everything. But I just sort of wondered, like, think about it. You and I just had, you know, a, a conversation here about, should we be changing the school's based upon this or how we educate kids. And yet, I don't know, it's kind of like grit, right? Okay, it seems like it's important. People would say, yes, people who can stick to things and persevere probably are more successful. But then as you said, the schools immediately are like, well, we're gonna throw a t-shirt at it and we're gonna have more grit or we're gonna make some signs around the building that remind kids to get it. And it's like, well, sure, but does it actually make a difference?
1: I think you bring up a good point, but I wanna go into is that guy a jerk? Why is that guy a jerk? And I've just finished reading a book called Notes on an Undocumented Citizen by Jose Antonio Vargas. And he's an undocumented writer and he appears on TV and this guy on an airplane like, says some mean things to him about, get out of the country, you don't deserve here. And to be here. And he goes and he's very angry, very upset. And then he decides he's going to talk to him. And he talks to him and turns out this guy was just divorced. He's got two teenagers at home that he doesn't get to see. He's just lost his job. I mean, it's the situation. That's why he's a jerk. He may have internal feelings that are dark or light, but in the situation, he's behaving because he's so unhappy. So yeah, is that guy a jerk? Maybe right now, maybe not next week. Maybe it's just right now.
0: I was just thinking about, as you were telling that anecdote, all of the students that you have and you're like, man, what's their deal? Or man, that kid's not very nice. And then you dig a little deeper and you find out, oh, the student's homeless or, oh, uh, you know, doesn't really have two parents at home to, uh, to really check in on them at night. And you all of a sudden say, oh, all right, I'm going to handle this situation a little differently. And that to me goes back to that whole empathy part, right? Of trying to feel a little bit about how somebody else is, um, you know, kind of living in their situation. And that to me maybe comes up with the bigger thing is just empathy. And maybe that's what we should be teaching in schools is just trying to have people walk in another person's shoes or not even walk in their shoes, but at least just trying to understand that their life and situation is maybe different from yours. And therefore, before you judge, before you start treating a certain way, maybe you should just step back and, and think a little bit.
1: I absolutely love this idea. And empathy is tremendously underrated. I've thought for a while that if only these kids that are low achieving knew how hard the high achieving kids are working, that when there's five minutes left in the class period and I say, all right, well, we don't have time for another practice problem. You got five minutes till the class ends. And many of my students in my AP class are using that five minutes to get some work done, to hammer away at the next thing. And if I do that in a general education class, the kids will all get on their phones and they won't do any extra work. And I think, wow, if these kids just knew the work ethic of these AP kids, if they would just follow them for a day and see how many hours they put in at night. But at the same time, the AP kids probably have no idea what those Gen Ed kids are doing. Are they going home to care for their little siblings and staying up all night with a baby that may or may not be theirs? They're working to support their family. I mean, really we could gain a tremendous amount. I think about foreign exchange programs often because you can learn so much by living in another family in another country. In some ways, I wish my kids did that because very few Americans do. A lot of people come here, but very few Americans go abroad. I think it'd be a wonderful opportunity. That said, I don't want to lose my kids for a year when they're in the teenage years. A lot can happen and I'd miss them.
0: And I I do think you're right. Just being aware and being empathetic. And maybe maybe that's the, the policy change that schools should be making is trying to get that. I mean, we've talked a lot of this year about racism and we've talked a lot about how America this year just seems more than ever to be unable to have any empathy towards people on the other side of the political spectrum, people on another side of a racial or socioeconomic spectrum. And to me, it just seems like empathy could really just bring a better understanding. I'm not saying solve everything, but I wonder then if this idea again of light and dark, if people want to use that as a way to maybe just sort of explain why some people are maybe jerks and, oh, well, that's just a dark person over there. Therefore, that's why they're wrong. Or that person's a light person over there. And that's why they're weak, right? That's why they're not good at what they're doing. But I wonder if really it's just more of a matter of empathy to help bring people together, help understand why people tick the way they do.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point. Now that you mentioned license, racism, does the light and dark thing all of a sudden seem to be have racial connotations?
0: That's a great question. And again, the, the study obviously wants to go with personality. And there's even two people fighting with lightsabers uh, at the top of their website for their quiz, which again, makes me wonder if this is just junk science. But uh, it's a good question. I think it's, it's worth asking and stuff like that. I've got like kind of two questions left for you. And, and the first one was, let's say you did get rid of the dark personalities out there. Again, I do think humans or at least Hollywood has trained us to think negatively about people with dark personalities. And yet, if we got rid of all the dark personality people, and let's just say we are this wonderful world of light personalities everywhere, do you think we would still start nitpicking and then find the darkness out of the light still?
1: Probably, but I think our Hollywood heroes are more dark than they are light in many ways. Think about your favorite hero from Hollywood, Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse. He goes out. He doesn't care about other people's feelings. He's kicking butts and taking names, destroying people's livelihoods, all for a dollar because he wants to help a bar owner. I mean, he's not really empathetic about the people he's hurting. Shouldn't, wouldn't he be ruled out?
0: That's a really good point. I mean, to be honest, uh, back to wrestling is in the old days, you had Hulk Hogan or these babyface, good guy wrestlers that would never cheat, would never do anything. And yet when Stone Cold Steve Austin came on, here's a guy that was hitting everybody. He was beating up the good guys and the bad guys. He was cheating. He was doing anything he could to win. And it was like this weird shade of gray. I guess you could say it was the mixed uh, light, dark personality, but people loved it. Not as clear as one would seem. Right. And therefore, my last question to you is, is, there's that theory out there that everybody's been promoted one level ahead of their competency. I can't remember exactly if there's a name for the theory. You're aware of this theory, right?
1: Yes, yes.
0: And therefore, does that have anything to do with light and dark? I just It was the last thing I wrote down when I was thinking about this article is, do you think people are promoted above their level of competency with any thoughts towards light or dark?
1: I don't know about whether it's one level above or over their head. I mean, at some point, I think we're lacking people that are true leaders, but I don't know if that has anything to do with light or dark. I'm pleading ignorance on this one.
0: Fair enough. So will I. Well, Don, it's an interesting article. And again, I will be putting in the show notes, I'll be putting a link to the article and also to the quiz itself. And uh, maybe I'll take it in a couple of months and see if I can get myself uh, leaning a little more towards the light than the dark.
1: It'll be spring. The pandemic will hopefully be on the end and hopefully
0: so. Excellent. Well, it's been a pleasure talking with you this week. I look forward to talking with you next week.
1: All right. Bye-bye.
0: Take care.